Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Welcome in. It is episode number three of the. Uh, the Coaching Chatter Show, uh, brought to you on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals. Joining me, as always, is Kurt Page and Craig Ladd. Guys, how you doing? Doing well, Corey. Good, morning. good afternoon, I should say, instead of morning, yeah. a little a little off. Good, <laughs> oh, good evening, Hey, afternoon. it's dark. Start off dark this morning. It's dark again, you know? Yeah, it's just dark all the time. So, yes. Um. Got an exciting show. Uh, got lots to talk about, lots to unpack from uh, a action-packed weekend of not only SEC football but um, just college football in general and NFL football in general. Lots of lots of happenings. Uh, we might even step outside of our footprint for a minute uh, because one of the biggest uh, stories in the coaching world does not lie within our footprint. But I feel like we need to talk about it because it could impact our footprint. So that's the Michigan situation. Um, we are uh, unofficially brought to you by uh, Soar Athletic Training. Um, maybe soon to be officially brought to you by, but either way, uh, we got two of the founding members of Soar Athletic Training right here. That's Kurt and, and Craig. So, um, big event this past Sunday. Uh, you know, I, I felt like it went well. I was uh, I was one of the instructors, uh, so I thank you for the opportunity. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Great event. Phenomenal turnout. Uh, and I think the kids learned a lot. So. Um, you know, what do you guys think? Well, I just really, we had a great turnout. Like you said, about 100 campers, um, fourth through eighth graders. Uh, we had all positions covered. We had a great cast of uh, instructors. Uh, Corey Burton yourself was taking care of the running backs with Jeff Rutledge. And at the quarterbacks, we had Wayman Bugs at the wide receivers. And so we had really good uh, established, experienced um coaches and instructors and they did a fantastic job with our with our with our with our campers and uh you know we were able to register them it's the first time of doing anything it's a lot of uh bumps and you know uh just trying to learn and get it better and better and better that's what we plan on doing and craig was a major part of that you know we're making improvements and it was just really a fantastic day and like i said we're also going on the social media platforms as well we're learning more and more, more about that Absolutely. Well, speaking of social media, where can we find you guys? Uh, we're going to be on Twitter, uh, Soar Athletic. We're also going to have uh, and also with Instagram, and we're going to have a landing page, Facebook page. Uh, so uh, we'll be developing those things and getting those uh, materials out to all our all our. Uh, you know, really our coaches and our campers and our parents and uh, trying to grow our network of solar athletic training. So, well, there you go. Um, so yeah, uh, like I said at the top of the show, lots of things to uh, to get into. Um, you know, within our footprint, uh, outside of our footprint, uh, NFL, college, um, all of the above. So, uh, the first thing I guess we can discuss, guys, is uh, Will Muschamp. 
uh, was let go uh, from the University of South Carolina after their game, after their extremely disappointing game on uh, Saturday, and um, gave up a 59-burger to Ole Miss. Uh, Matt Corral had himself a day uh, throwing for over 500 yards and four touchdowns. When you're a defensive guru and your defense gives up that many yards and that many points and seems to be on a consistent basis at this point, uh, things aren't quite working out well for Will Muschamp, and uh, right now he is searching for a new job. Uh, Mike Bobo will be the interim head coach, and the Gamecocks will move on this weekend against Missouri. Guys, what do you think about this? How, how does this How does this unfold? Well, I thought, you know, when you're a defensive coach and uh, you've been giving up the yards they have and then you give up uh, 708 to Ole Miss and a 59-42 loss, uh, the administration had seen enough. Uh, of course, he's $13.2 million richer. Uh, now that's happened twice with him. He's he's uh, garnered almost $20 million in buyouts. Of course, like $6.3 million buyout from Florida several years ago, and uh, it, it remains to be seen as to, uh, uh, you know, whether or not uh, they go after uh, the hot commodity, uh, which is uh, Hugh Freeze at Liberty, uh, you know, and it remains to be seen whether or not uh, Greg Sankey gives the blessing, to be quite honest with you, because of uh, all what all happened at Ole Miss uh, with the um, not only is trans transgressions uh, with the the uh, I'll say the one eight hundred no not really eight hundred numbers but the uh, uh, call girl numbers and then also not only that but uh, his uh, he had the majority of his wins at Ole Miss were vacated because of NCAA infractions so I don't know that it's a home run pick at this point that Hugh Freeze will be the next next coach. Kurt? Well, I think I think you're exactly right. I think one of the big things, too, I, I'm going to flip it on the other side. I think Hugh Freeze is probably going to wait, and I would wait on uh, – we'll see this weekend. These two teams are playing Auburn, and I'll make a prediction. Whoever loses is probably going to get a – probably going to get a wake-up call for a new coach, too. So, if Auburn loses. So, I think Hugh Freeze is probably going to wait on those two jobs. And uh, I look for Billy Napier. He's a he, – uh, uh, Nick Saban guy. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> he's leaving us. Uh, he's leaving us in suspense. Yes. He was uh, transformed there, wasn't he? Yeah. Nah, he was. he, you know. You know. Looking back at it, I'll pick up a little bit here, Corey. Yeah. You know, must have been at South Carolina for five seasons. Had a twenty-eight and thirty record overall. His best season came in two thousand seventeen. He was nine and four. And, 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 you know, everything seemed to be going down, going the wrong direction, going downhill instead of uphill with that program. Uh, you know, and, and there's, been, there's been some talk, some chatter that, you know, uh, considering the fact that the, we're in the pandemic and, you know, a lot of uh, athletic departments have had to furlough uh, their employees, there's been some heat there. And, and it's come out, too, that uh, – Prior to the season, athletic director Roy Tanner uh, estimated that the uh, uh, they'd miss out on fifty-eight million dollars worth of revenue because of the pandemic. And uh, uh, overall, the university 
uh, has it will have its revenue dipped to 165 million dollars this year because of the uh, the fiscal year because of the pandemic. And then you and like I said, then you turn around and you give 13.2 million to get rid of a guy. So there's been some heat there uh, for for the move. But you know, I could see the move. Uh, it's not going to be a popular move with a lot of people. No, it's not. And you know, I, I think it's one of those things where. Stuck between a rock and a hard place because I I think on the flip side of that, yeah, you lose a whole lot of money and yeah, it's hard to justify giving thirteen million dollars to a guy to not come back. And but on the other side, you have all these alumni, season ticket holders, things like that that are saying, okay, we're we're not if Will Muschamp is the is the head coach next year, we're not coming back. You know, all that money that we spent on this indoor facility, we should not be getting you know, 59, 60 pieced by uh, South Carolina. We should not be, you know, giving up career highs to every quarterback that we play when you're a defensive guru. And if he's back, I'm not. And so, you know, they, they get nervous of that. They they see Hugh Freeze is going to go somewhere else in the conference. So they kind of panic and, and, and say, well, we were going to get rid of him anyway, but let's go ahead and get in the sweepstakes now and let's go ahead and start, start making our inroads. But um yeah it's it's gonna look bad no, no matter how you shake it uh, it's gonna look bad anywhere uh for anybody that fires their head coach so um I, I think it's gonna be interesting because because of all the revenue lost and everything that's happening within the world uh due to covid so uh do i think hugh freeze is gonna go to south carolina no Mm-mm. neither do i, I agree no. with you i really um, don't even if the sec lets him back i, I don't think he ends up there because i think there's i think south carolina is not the only school that's gonna that's going to be vacated. I think Tennessee, I think ultimately will, will move on from, from Jeremy Pruitt and you'll start to see that kind of decline as we go. I think Auburn's going to, you know, Auburn's 10 and a half point favorites and they're 10 and a half point favorites for a reason. Tennessee's bad. Auburn's playing some good football as of right now. I, I think, you know, it's going to go from bad to worse for Tennessee and, uh, you know, Pruitt's going to, unfortunately, he's not going to survive this one. And so he's, He's going to go down with the Garantano ship. <laughs> well, I mean, this is honestly, you know, if you talk about games, this is uh, this this game at Auburn is is no doubt the uh, a critical game for not only Jeremy Pruitt but for the program this season. Uh, you go two and five with what they have left. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's not going to be pretty. You still got Texas A and M and Florida left at the end of the year, so that's not going to be pretty at this point. Uh, but no. to, to go back to Hugh Freeze, you know, several SEC teams kicked the tires on him last year, and pretty much uh, Greg Sankey, uh, you know, made uh, uh, you know quickly said uh, that that's not going to happen. You know, I know Tennessee kicked the tires on him a little bit. Uh, that's not going to happen. I mean, we don't know, Corey. We don't honestly. We don't know everything that was uncovered as a result of the investigation. I think the fact that he had to vacate, as I said before, he had to vacate, vacate of his thirty-nine wins. He had to vacate twenty-seven due to NCA for infractions. You know, Sankey is not not very happy that you embarrassed the league when he's at the the commands, uh, and I just don't see him giving his blessings for Freeze to come back into the conference. Well, what happened with, with Bruce Pearl then? Well, I mean, I think – I don't know that um, – I, I guess part of the trend – as I said before, I don't know that we know everything that happened 
as far as the uh, the the phone situation on his phone for Ole Miss and making the calls uh, that he did to uh, the uh, I don't know the I don't even know the the illegal cause of going to the prostitutes or whatever it is I have no idea it's beyond me but anyway uh, we don't I don't think we totally know the scope of what happened there you know Bruce Pearl lied no doubt he lied. Uh, uh, about a cookout cost uh, uh, himself the job at the University of Tennessee. And, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, to me, it's a little bit more uh, Hugh Freeze than, than Bruce Pearl as far as the, uh, the seriousness of his offense, I'll say. Yeah, so, Kurt, we were saying we are talking about Hugh Freeze and being allowed back into the conference. And, you know, I, I Craig and I don't, you know, don't believe that even if he is allowed back in, um, I don't think he's going to end up at South Carolina. I think he'll be, you know, I think Tennessee probably be a likely destination for him or Auburn, whoever the, you know, like you said, the loser of that game. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a, that's a big push for him. I think, uh, I think, I think he wants that type of challenge and he wants to get in those, those would be the two most attractive schools for him. Yeah, no doubt. And so, uh, and I think Liberty realizes that and they signed him to that big extension. Uh, they did that on purpose so that they could get put buyout clauses in there to, to kind of pad their pockets um, if he's going to leave them high and dry. So, uh, I mean, he's on, making big bucks, part. guys. He's ranked in the top five of the highest paid coaches in the non power five conferences. He's making over $3 million per season which is not chump change, but obviously it's not what he could make in a power five school. So it's going to depend on, you know, what he wants as far as, uh, is it going to be worth the extra bump of a million and a half dollars or so for him to, to move up into a power five school? It's going to take at least eight to get him. You're wow. I can't, I just can't see a school dumping that much money on a guy that, you know, it is potential could potentially blow up in their face. It's going to take a three-year eight per to get them. I think that's that. I think that's what he'll jump for. Well, he's, he keeps on winning. He wins. He wins this week against another ACC team. I mean, it's very, very attractive. So these uh these three programs they they want winners and they want guys that have done have done it. You know, and uh, he's you know it, it doesn't look good what. The results that ended up at Ole Miss being fired there, but he's a uh, you know America is a, is a place for second opportunities and second second chances, and he was given that at, at Liberty, and he's uh, you know he's excelled there, and uh, you know I think he'll get a shot at, at doing. I'm not sure what the financials will be. He may he may may very well be three three million three year eight million, or he may be you know. Maybe something a little less, or you know, I don't know. But it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how how it pans out. And there's going to be a lot I, of. Uh, I just think there's going to be a bidding war for him. Well, you, it, know, I, it, you know, both places, Auburn and Tennessee, there they have horses, uh, uh, you know. And then there was thing that came out this week. Uh, there were only. Uh, Help me with this one, Craig. I think there were two assistants at Tennessee that took a pay cut. All the rest of them wanted their yeah. money. The full yeah. right. So that, that'll take yeah. Former asked asked them. You know, and, and I'll, I'll I'll say this footnote: they're not the only um, 
ones across the country that did not de decline the pay cut, but that is correct. And ironically, the two that did uh, go ahead and accept the pay cut were University of Tennessee alum, T. Martin and Jay Graham. Uh, the rest who were not Tennessee alums did not take a pay cut. So read that as you may into whatever that means. <laughs> that that yeah, means no Palmer, if, if, if when he pulls the plug, those two will be on the staff for, for <laughs> exactly. Well, they're VFL. So that's yeah. right. That's right. You know, well, you, Kurt, you talked, we talked about mention. There's a mention of Billy Napier. I, I, to me, that is the best choice for South Carolina. Uh, it is former assistant at Clemson, uh, former assistant under Nick Saban in Alabama. Uh, he's been 25 and 11 the last three season, uh, three seasons at Louisiana. Currently seven and one. Uh, to me, he is the most attractive one to look at. Now, there's others. Uh, Coastal Carolina's Jamie Chadwell. I, you know, a D2 coach that's kind of risen through the ranks. Uh, North Greenville, then Charleston Southern. Now Coastal Carolina, they're seven and zero. Others I've seen are Shane Beamer, Oklahoma no. uh, assistant, uh, Clemson, a couple of Clemson guys, offensive coordinator Tony Elliott's always going to be there, and also Brent Venables. His name's always going to be there. He's turned turned down several jobs in the past. And here's an interesting name here too: a guy that's had coaching experience on the West Coast, Steve uh, Scarsesian, the offensive coordinator in Alabama. Oh, I mean, that would that, be a that, good hire, I think. Yeah, Sorry. that's not a bad. That's hey, that's you know, that's a pretty attractive hire. Of course, he's got some baggage himself, but you know, like Lane Kiffin, he he's in the process of resurrecting his career, and you know, uh, you could take a chance on him and. And another guy that I really liked that, that I had a chance to meet and talk to who I thought it was at one of at one of these times he's going to be a home run pick for some school, and that's Charlotte's Will Healy, who did an incredible job at Austin P and is now he's nine and nine in two seasons at Charlotte, but we're talking about you're starting a program from the ground up. I mean, it was, you know, there was nowhere to be found. And here here's a good point right here. Only thirty five years old. Yeah, that's that's incredible what he's done over there at at, at the uh, University of Charlotte. I I think uh you know if if Vanderbilt is able to pull the trigger and and get rid of Derek Mason, maybe Will Healy is is the guy I'm calling. He recruits Nashville better than Vanderbilt does, unfortunately. <laughs> and <laughs> that's, that's what I'm calling. I don't know if they, honestly, I don't know if that's saying anything. I I think I recruit Nashville better than Derek Mason does. To be quite honest with you. <laughs> No kidding, it's it's crazy, and and I th I think there's, um, you, you know, you know, for South Carolina, I I think there's there's three or four or five, uh, names ahead of Will Healy. I I, I think are are sitting there and sitting pretty and, and prime for a for a big time SEC slot. I don't know, I don't know if, if Will Healy is quite ready for that yet. He's still only thirty five years old. I, yeah, I, I, think I agree with you on that. I don't think he's ready for that jump at that level at this point. But some sometime he's gonna get a power five job at some point and it's gonna be yeah. a great hire. Mm -hmm. I really think that guy is a star in the making. I really do. Let me ask you guys this. I said Billy Napier is my is if it was me, if I'm Ray Tanner, that's who I'm really looking at. Corey, what about you? Of well, the guys I um, I mentioned. I, I I might take a hard look at uh, Chadwell. He's right okay. there in your state. He's killing it right now at Coastal. I, I think you know you, you give him a good look. 
I, I think, hurt. I think Billy Napier. I think I think the the they want to get back into that Clemson South Carolina fight and that rivalry, and that guy was replaced as the play caller at Clemson. So he's going to come in a little bit fired up, and he's going to let them know that you know that wasn't the best decision they made back a few years ago. And talking about a guy resurrecting his career, he joined right up with Nick Saban, coached the receivers up, and and now he's he's in the. That's that. That's a perfect fit. The guy goes in there hungry, and he wants to get after Clemson, and that's what the South Carolina people want. They, not, they want that comp- They want that rivalry back, and they'll have it back in twenty twenty one. I think. I think he's the number one home run guy, and I do like Will Hilly for Vanderbilt. I like that. I think he's a he's a guy that was uh, from Chattanooga, and uh, he gets academics, and he gets recruiting, and. And he understands hometown and getting guys. Uh, he's doing the same thing at Charlotte. You know, he's building the brand in Charlotte. He can build a brand in Nashville because uh, it is the best city in SEC. And he he understands what what it takes to get a winner. Well, I do think too. You mentioned Clemson. I do think the fact Clemson's success hastened this move by South Carolina to get rid of Muschamp. I honestly believe that. You know, if, if Clemson's not the world beaters that they are right now, they, they may give him another couple of years. But I think it was hastened by the fact that your, your, your rival, which has beat the you-know-what out of you the last several years, uh, and, and you're not gaining at all. You're falling even further behind with them. And I think both of you guys mentioned the, the pedigree that Will Muschamp is – is a defensive coordinator and how yeah. how inept they were on defense uh, really spoke to the fans and spoke to social media, you know, uh, just how poorly they're playing. And, and if that's his – if that's what he's supposed to be, that's his – where he hangs his hat, hat and where he's great and he's not doing it. And, and they've got – and they wanted to get out early enough and they maybe get Billy Napier. They wanted to get – in, in, you know, get in the get in the, the bidding war for some of these guys, you know. If you're one of the last guys, then you're going to miss out. Well, you know, we failed to mention the, the guy that's the interim coach has head coaching experience, and Mike Bobo, he's head coach at Colorado State. I mean, if he turns the thing around, he's got a legit shot at keeping that job, especially with a five-star quarterback committed to you. You know, you kind of want to like to keep him in the fold here and – they may take a chance and, and keep Bobo. They might. I, I don't I don't think that they will. They they need some more. Uh they they're gonna feel like they need some more sizzle and they're gonna feel like they need something a little bit different. And and, and I worry about Bobo's health holding up. I mean, part of the reason things fell apart for him at, at Colorado State was because his health failed him a little bit and, and he had to take a step back. And you know, I, I, I think had they not fired him, I, I think you would have seen him resign. Uh, mid-season this year because you know it, his body was just starting to break down so I don't know if he's even ready to to take on the rigors of being a head coach I, I'm not even sure he was ready for the rigors as an offensive coordinator but seems to be doing okay at, at that point but um, another name that comes to mind which I, I don't think is is gonna make his way into the SEC at least yet I think he's more cut out for the Big Ten um, is Luke Fickle but uh, that's that's a name that I saw pop up for this job, and uh, I thought it was interesting. I mean, I, I would I would make him I would make a call there. I I would put some feelers out, but also um, I I would see if uh, Mario Cristobal is looking to move back this way. 
Uh, I, I I don't think that he will, but he's doing a hell of a job at Oregon. Maybe he wants to get back in this conference. I don't know. That'd be an interesting. Yeah, that's the, that's uh, a Miami guy and Alabama assistant too. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, both of, both of those are, are names. Um, I just think South Carolina. I, I think with Billy Napier, he's offensive guy, and he's going to produce some offense. And uh, you know, and when they were really good, you know, Lou Holtz kind of did a great job recruiting, getting some players in there, and then Spurrier get back to nine, ten, eleven wins and play New Year's Day. Because they have, if not the best fans in SEC, they've got one of the best fan pools in SEC. They've been sold out for uh-huh. years and years, and uh, yeah, they, they were. They've only been rewarded a few seasons where they've had great years. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I, I think all three of us agree that since Muschamp was a defensive guy, uh, that they're going after an offensive guy. They want to put points on the board which is whenever we can now fill up a stadium, we'll put fannies in the stands. Yeah. What would yes. happen is if a defensive coordinator like, um, well, Christopher, I guess he's an offensive line guy and a head yeah. coach, but if it is a defensive coordinator, he's going to have to bring with him somebody that's got a potent attack or, you know, it has a pedigree coming there as coordinator. I mean, it can be done like Luke Fickle. Fickle he would need to get – uh, you know, somebody from, from you know, uh, maybe one of Lane Kiffin's assistants or, or maybe. Uh, I, I don't know. Cincinnati's doing their thing on offense. Maybe he just brings his own guy. Yeah, well, I, I mean, mean they're, right they're so, lighting it up right now. But it's just a, it's just a hard, uh, you know, it's just, I, I just, I would say Ray Tanner, it's just a hard, hard sell to his fans because people don't, they don't know it as well as we know it and don't understand that. You know it, what 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 it takes to do that, but it'd be interesting. Uh, you know, you know, the gentleman from Cincinnati. I think I think there's other. It's going to be other options for him. Uh, you know, in the areas and that type of thing, where you know he he might well very well be a better fit in recruiting. But I think with with an Ohio guy recruiting, you know, maybe get some guys from Ohio come into South Carolina. You know. Uh, but I do know that like Billy Billy Napier, you know, he's recruited for Clemson, he's recruited for Alabama, he's at Louisiana, so the University of Louisiana, so Lafayette, so he can he knows the he knows a lot of areas he can get some recruits. And he can't get the yeah. reach. You're not gonna get the four and five stars. You're gonna get lots of three and you gotta be able to develop your guys and Yeah. So, and I think I think him and Chadwell would probably be the the two the two on the on the short list that I'm that I'm looking at. Um, well, guys, I, I'll say this: I, I found this little nugget, and and if I'm a potential candidate for South Carolina, I, I got to wonder why this is. Since 1961, only three South Carolina coaches have finished with a winning record. There, there's a reason for that, and it's not all because we've 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 hired bad coaches all the time. Obviously, one of those is Steve Spurrier, one of the three here. But, I mean, if I'm a potential head coach, this is something I look at, guys. You know, they've had – there's been a lot of failure here in this program, you know, and if, I, if I'm going to dive into this right here, I, I'm looking at this right here, what I just said. I'm looking at it. Well, I, I think that's the numbers, you know, the metrics, you're looking at that. Uh, you know, and, and is this a good time to be in the SEC East, you know, potentially, uh, you know, Vanderbilt's awful. 
Tennessee's not too far behind them. Florida's got a juggernaut now. Georgia is thriving along if they can get their quarterback situation. JT Daniels era starts this weekend, by the way. Just so you know. and, and Kentucky, that guy's steady. Missouri's building up. So to your point, you know, it, it's not a perfect it's not a perfect setting to get in the SEC East. But uh, you know, the thing is, is it's kind of like they're I mean SEC, that's the NFL. So there's only so many, there's only 14 of those jobs. Like in SEC, there's only 32 head coaching jobs. So when one of them comes open, you can get one. You you probably want to jump in that seat and try it and see if you can get something going. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there's some guys right there in in your area in your footprint that you can grab a hold of. So I don't I don't think they need to get too far out of uh, outside the box because I think there's two guys that are willing to willing to show up at South Carolina. I mean, you got a brand new facility. Um, you know, you're 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 in a you're in the elite conference, the the be, with the best of the best, and uh, you know. It, it's it's there but uh speaking of uh we're going to step outside of our footprint now we're going to talk about jim harbaugh um what, what are what are our thoughts on him I, I to me it feels like he's checked out completely checked out and it just seems like he just is lost checked out it is one of those guys that tries to have the appearance that he cares but i think he's fielding so many nfl calls or something i don't know what's going on but he just he's not with it anymore and and he's just that the wheels have come off in michigan uh the the uh the administration just hasn't confirmed it yet well you know that, that was an embarrassing performance on national tv against wisconsin uh and, and, you know well into the second half uh, excuse me well into the first half you know, they only had five yards of total offense. I mean, that's just inexcusable on your home field uh, uh, to be that inept. And I agree with you. His sideline demeanor was not good. If you're looking at body language, he, he was defeated. He, he looked defeated. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see if – I think his contract runs out next year, whether or not they'll just go ahead and get rid of him or do they re-up him. That would be interesting if they did that. but uh, Or just let it go ahead and run out. Uh, you know, Again, we're running into these athletic departments with a lot of loss coming into the fiscal year, and that has to weigh into that. To be honest, I don't anticipate them having to make that decision. I think he'll make that decision for him, and, and he'll bolt maybe. You know, I mean, how, how attractive is he right now? I mean, are you going to bolt to another college? Are you going to maybe step down a level? And let's just say, no, no offense, let's say you, I'll just off the top of my head a TCU, which is obviously not the level tradition of a, uh, a Michigan, but along that side, do you drop down there, try to regain your momentum, go up there, or do you go back to the pros where he had – a, a tremendous I, I amount think, of success I, I think with he, the 49ers. I think he steps back into the pros. Um, I feel like that's where he's more comfortable. I don't think he likes all the recruiting. I think that where I think that's what's exhausting him. I I don't know if you guys see it differently. Yeah, I, but I, I, th- I think that's I think those are all key points. Um, I don't know what he I don't know what he does. I I think he I think he's a. Uh, He's a, he's an anomaly because he's a professional. He played a number of – there are not many head coaches at NFL or college football that played 
he may be the, the has the longest tenure as a player that's ever been a head coach in college or pro. That'd be a stat that we need to look up. But just off my top head, he is by himself. A lot of those guys play a, a number of years, and it's hard for them to go into coaching. But he had some success in coaching out on the West Coast. And then he's come to his alma mater. He thought he could get it going, get it rebuilt. And it just really has not. He's had the backing. Uh, the, and I don't know the guy's name, but I know he, own, he owns the Miami Dolphins. That's one of his number one backers. And for a long time. He Wayne Heisinger, I think. Yeah. He's a he's the Michigan guy. And he's, a, yes. he's the one that's paid for all their spring visits where they've gone to Rome and Italy and all yeah. they traveled. So I, I think, you know, it, it says something about a coach that has one more year left on his contract. So, I mean, they they basically have already uh, – I mean, how do, you, how, do you, how do you do a great job recruiting if everybody knows you only got one more year, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, every coach in America is using that against you yeah. in the recruiting it's just, wars. Just really, it's just really ironic. But uh, he's a Michigan man, and, you know, I, I, I just – I feel – I feel sad for him, but you know what? It, it just it hadn't worked out, and they they need to get a guy in there that's going to really, really take that program and be hungry, you know. And it, and I think I think a lot of it's just I think he's worn out. I think he's he's had a long playing career. He's had a, a extended coaching, and I think he's just tired. And I think he's I think the the COVID. I think he did a lot of interviews going into the season. And you know he told everybody they can get and get it and get this thing ready in two weeks, and you know and and just one thing led to another and and you know, everybody says we hadn't found the quarterback. You know, well, there's a lot of teams. You know, who ever heard of Wisconsin's quarterback? That guy's like a record setting record setting quarterback. So it's about development too. You know, when you he was a uh, he was a uh, Army All American coming out of uh, the state of Kansas. I think he was like the Wisconsin guy. Okay. Yeah, Graham Mertz. We knew yeah, that dude's a Kansas, stud. Kansas State with, with Les Miles. So, but uh, yeah. he's just a freshman well, he, too. So, yeah, he he so. grew up a uh, Jayhawks fan too. Nate yeah, Graham Mertz. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, but, Graham Mertz. But I just you know, I just think I think I think uh, Harbaugh's just tired. I really do. He looks tired. He sits over there. Everything's delayed. Everything's slow. Uh, his team is. They're always. Every team's reflective of your head coach. And I think that's that's the way they've been doing it. So uh, he's had a great run. He's had a great playing career and a great coaching career. And you know, I I don't, I don't know if I'm a, if I'm an NFL general manager. I don't know if I if I take him. You know, if I take him in or not. You know, as a coach, I may maybe yeah, go to the booth or something else. He yeah, looks tired. I mean, at the, yeah, at this point, I don't even know if he he'd be willing to take an NFL assistant job. You know, and, no, and no. ironically, I mean, those jobs are a little bit more or a little bit less tiring than a college assistant job or a college head coach job because you're not out on the road recruiting. I mean, during the season, it's probably more exhausting in the NFL, but in, in the offseason, you get an actual offseason as, as an NFL coach. So I don't know. Uh, you know, something's got to happen for, for Jim Harbaugh. Maybe he gets reinvigorated at some point, but I mean, let's just let's just be real about it. He's what, six and six against Michigan State? Uh, since he took over, um, you know he's gotten blown out in the Ohio State game every single year. Uh, loses, I mean, it seems like he struggles with Wisconsin every year. Uh, you know, I think he's about split on on Penn State too. Uh, I think he had that one year where he went to the uh, Fiesta Bowl, but 
I think outside of that, it's just been it's been real, real rough for him, and so uh, real disappointing at least. And 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 I think it's you know I, I think the ship is starting to sail on that. And and you know, like I said, he's not a bad coach. He's just Kurt. You made a phenomenal point there. He, he's exhausted. So what's next? Yeah, I, really, I really think he's. I really think he's just tired. He's. He, he's. Uh, you know. He's. Uh, lived all his time, and he's ready to move on. So what, Craig? What's next for Michigan? Well, we we mentioned last week. Uh, you know the uh, similarities between Luke Fickle and Bo Schimbeckler, uh The fact that the Ohio connections, the Ohio State connections. Obviously, if I'm if I make a move, if if whether it be Harbaugh leaving or you get rid of Harbaugh, I think the first call is to is to him. Yeah. To me, I, I think that's the if if I'm Michigan, that's the number one choice. Yeah, I think that's the slam dunk. I think that you get a home run with that guy. You get an instant guy that's going to bring you credibility. Uh, he's a great recruiter. He's setting a seat for Ohio State. He he knows that rivalry. And, uh, you know, as was pointed last week out, you know, you guys did a great job of that, Craig, about the, the, the similarities with, with him and uh, Bo Schimbeckler. And so it, it's going to be – I think he's a great fit. I think he, he lines up with Ron Day and uh, he makes them instantly uh, competitive and strong and ready to take the next steps to be successful at Michigan. And I think he uh, would love it. I ask you this. Um... Corey, and you made this point last uh, on the last podcast that you don't think Joe Brady would come back into the college. Let's just say Michigan reaches out to Brady. Does he make the move there? No, I think there's going to be NFL teams that are going to reach out to him. Okay. Um, I mean, if if the market is dry in the NFL, then yeah, I think he will. But uh, I think he's going to get too many NFL calls. I mean, the guy's a that guy's a stud as far as coaching goes. He is talk about a budding superstar um you know there's a reason he jumped from um assistant offensive coordinator quarterbacks coach to nfl offensive coordinator i mean there's a there's a reason for that he's got some serious talent and he's not long for for the carolina panthers i can i can assure you that well i think he would be a great if you could get uh the jets and bring in there and you bring him in there and he brings a uh, a long time established defensive coordinator and you say let's go let's yeah. let's let's chop some wood and let's get going and, and it's yeah. already been proven you know that's what Jared Goff did you know out there with the Rams and you've got other you know Kyler Murray you got him making making great plays you know with uh-huh. college guys so it, it's it's happening man that those you know and, and uh, I, I think it would be great I think he would I think that would help Lawrence out, you know, his just his creativity with offensive play call and how he's – I mean, hell, I think he could do stuff with uh, with Darnold. I, I don't think the yeah. – I don't think it's the end of the road with Darnold. I don't know if the, the Jets administration, the GM, Joe Douglas, is uh, sold on, on Darnold anymore. But, I mean, I, I think Joe Brady could come in and, and instantly change Sam Darnold's future. But, like I said, I don't think they're going that route. But uh, just in case Trevor Lawrence – decides to not want to play for you i don't know that's something to consider too yeah well i think uh with darnell but but I, I think he's a very good quarterback uh but i mean if they can get you know lawrence gets back in there and starts playing again i think i think he 
or if I had to pick one, that's who I would pick. But you know. Oh yeah, no, no doubt. It's it's just a matter of if uh you know Lawrence is gonna pull that Eli Manning move where he's like, yeah, I'm not coming if the Jets pick me. Yeah. The John Elway Eli Manning type move, like, hey, you better trade me because I'm not coming. I can just head back on to Clemson. Well, you talk, you know, Kurt, you mentioned Kingsbury. Um, and these NFL uh, GMs, owners, want offense. They've seen what Kyler Murray has done and what Kingsbury's done with that offense and how quickly Arizona has turned the corner and turned themselves into a Super Bowl contender. And a guy that, that you know, was rumored to get overtures from the Cowboys uh, before they made their move with McCarthy is Lincoln Riley. Uh, of course, he is a $30.9 million buyout there. Uh, you know, if, if anything ever happened, you know, obviously I don't know how that would work, you know, how he could get out of that. But anyway, you know, there, there's another guy. If, to if me, the if Cowboys point, want him, the Cowboys will get him. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, he was rumored there last year. And, uh, you know, he, he's the kind of guy that, you know, like Kingsbury will bring a potent offense and the type of uh, fan, I'll say, fan reaction that you want as an owner and GM that'll get your fan base excited. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. step. I'm gonna step back into our conference as we're talking college coaches maybe making a jump. I'm gonna say that Dan Mullen will get a lot of overtures. You package Dan Mullen. I'm just going with the Jets. I mean, you look at what he's done with Cal Trask. Guy came from a backup. Uh, now he's one of the top players in college football. And then it's Dak Prescott days. And he can bring a defensive coordinator from the NFL. I mean, you package that guy with Lawrence at, at the Jets. I think you become very, very uh, advantageous to, to being successful because uh, he knows how to run a pro offense. And those guys are uh, wherever, you know, whatever kids they've got. I mean, now they've got a strong tight end. Uh, the last two weeks, I think he has not played because of concussion protocol, but now they've gone to the receivers. So I think he's a good enough play caller and he's, he developed Dak Prescott and he's developed Cal Trask and he's, he's had other, he was on the Alex Smith staff when they developed him in Utah with Urban Meyer. Uh, so I could see him getting some overtures for the college, for the, from the college to the pro jump. And if you package a guy. What anybody's going to do when they draft Lawrence is they're going to have to get somebody in there that he he can build a rapport with and grow with, and that's to, and, and, and it ain't going to be Adam Gase. Yeah, no, it's not going to be him. And, and I think Craig made a great point talking about the the marriage that uh, Kyler Murray and and uh, uh, Kingsbury, uh, yeah, Kingsbury, they have together, and that's what they got to get with whoever Lawrence. I mean, Lawrence and Dan Mullen, you know, I think that would be excellent. Yeah, no doubt. And and I've heard the rumors that they're going to um, – teams are going to take a shot at Dabo too, Dabo Sweeney. I just don't see that. I think Dabo – I, I oh, think yeah. Dabo ever I, were to go anywhere, the pull to Alabama would be the, the most he would consider. If Saban left, the pull to go to Alabama. I just don't – I just don't see uh, Dabo as a pro coach. I just don't. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Just don't see it. Well, the, be- yeah, the beauty of South of being in South Carolina and being at Clemson is a small little town. Uh, I would say he, he may even walk to work, you know. And he it, that's what he's built. He's built that place basically. They had 
Danny Ford in 1981 won the national championship. But ever since then, they might be winning, you know, they might win six, seven games. That's it. This is his, this is his footprint. I mean, this is his team, his university. He has all the skins on the wall other than one, and that was Danny Ford and Frank Howard, you know, back in the 50s and 60s. But that, you know, people, you know, other than that, it's it's all Dabo Sweeney. So I, I think he's, you know, he very well could go to Alabama, but uh, I don't think Pro would ever, ever enter in with him because he's got everything there. You know, he can walk to Subway. He can walk, walk around. That's a great little town. And I think he's, you know, he's, He's going. He's he's getting a key to the city the rest of his life. He's a sheriff, man. So I think he stays there. He ain't walking the subway. So all, subway's walking <laughs> <to> him. It's <laughs> pretty. Uh, you might want to walk around and see the pretty flowers and see everything there. See the Paul yeah. Road and uh, yeah. So you know, it's, you're, it's you're right about that. It's an exciting place. So it's going to be a. You know, it's just going to be interesting to see how how all this develops now that they get their quarterback back. Clemson gets going and. Uh, you know they've got they've got to get back and hopefully win out and Notre Dame wins out and Brian Kelly's got that team playing great he's done a great job he may be the coach of the year uh, maybe we can talk about that next week uh, who who's some candidates for coach of the year but I think Brian Kelly's going to be highly mentioned in that Sam game. Pittman's got to be got to be in the mix yeah. somewhere yeah why um, so, coach so it's going to be fun to see all that develop yeah Kalani Sataki. Um, done a tremendous job there at BYU. Um, not to not to get too far, not to stay out of our footprint, but um, you know, let's look at assistance. You know, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin is having a little a little trouble at the uh, defense coordinator uh, position at his uh, current stop at uh, at Ole Miss. What you know, I I don't think I don't think it's working there with DJ Durkin. I, I think it's that was all that was always an odd fit to me. Um, cause he's just an odd, he's just an odd guy. Uh, I, I think there's something, I don't, I don't think he has a full deck. I don't think he's playing with a full deck. <laughs> You're very kind. All, all the stuff I've heard about him. That's a very kind statement to say about TJ Durkin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to be as kind yeah, as, right. as I can. I, you know, I, I don't want to have to mark E on our, on our episode for explicit one. Cause he's, you know, there's other adjectives to describe him, but, um, you know, I, I, I think, I think if you, uh, I think if you have a an actual body count as as a as a coach, that's not a good thing. Right. He he has an actual body count. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm all for rehabbing and everything, but I mean, make that guy a quality control guy, not not your defense coordinator. Um, so if I'm Lane Kiffin, or if you're Lane Kiffin, uh, is your first call to Will Muschamp? I think he's too late. I think Nick Saban's already called him. You know, Kirby and Nick Saban's both called him. For sure, Nick Saban's called him because he has no defensive coordinator. They're 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 they really they're really searching. So I think he'll I think he'll be the next guy there. Yeah, that's that's possible. Um, he's not already. Oh, he might be there this week. He's <laughs> 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 around. He'll bring him in, man. Yeah, he'll 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 say, "Come on." So so, what do they do um, at Ole Miss? What you know? What? Well, I think um, let's see. Tavares, where is Tavares? Uh, who's who's uh, who's the defense coordinator at South Carolina right now? Uh, what's the what's the defensive coordinator there? He's an Auburn guy. 
Uh, is that the Travis McGriff? Yes. Is that him? Yeah. I think I think he'll probably he'll probably start start searching for what he wants. You know, if uh, I tell you, if Goodwin be a good fit for every for both be win win. If Vanderbilt pulls the plug on Derek Mason and he goes down there and he coaches the defense up for Ole Miss, that'd be a good fit for for uh, yes. Lane Kiffin. Uh, yes. um, you know, I think that'd be good. Or you know, a name that people have forgotten, and he's coached in the league for a long, long time, and he's out. He coached, I think, middle school defense this, this fall, and that's the, the chief, John uh-huh. John Chavis. He, he probably knows the Kiffins really well, you know, and uh-huh. uh, I know he probably knows Monty Kiffin, the dad. And so yeah. it'll be interesting, but I think he, he he's, he's probably forgotten more defense than – a lot of guys know, you know, so he's a guy that I think it's, he's going to step back into the league this year. Um, you know, I could see if, if he steps back, I, I see, I just see this pattern happening. I see Lane Kiffin taking Tennessee. Chief is back in the seat. That'll, that'll take care of a lot of alumni, a lot of former players. And you got your two assistant coaches and then Lane, then, uh, 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 then Hugh Freeze can bring his guys in there because Lane Kiffin kind of he kind of beat some people up when he was leaving Tennessee or before he left Tennessee that one year he beat a lot of people up in that community uh, saying like just basically it was all about SC and what they did there and and I don't think he ever respected Tennessee's tradition but uh, Hugh Freeze you know being a being a West Tennessee guy you know uh, and born and raised you know, right there on the line with Mississippi. Uh, so I, th- I think he, he comes in there. He knows Chief can do defense. He's got T. Martin. He probably would name T. Martin offensive coordinator and give him a chance to really grow as a coach. And he's got Jay Graham, and he's got Fuller Farmer, and it doesn't get any better. And, and I would say, you know, I'll say this. Uh, there's some uh, uh, people in Tennessee really like Hugh Freeze, what he did out in uh, – at Lambeth, there's some Lambeth graduates, and one in particular that loves Hugh Freeze, and I think uh, he, he he's 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 a power broker in the situation. And Craig knows who he is. Who he is. It's Traveris Robinson as the defense coordinator. That's, that's the guy that, that uh, Lane Kiffin can make make a call to right there. African American, great recruiter, uh, played played in SEC. Uh, a lot of enthusiasm. He was a guy I thought that if he could. Uh, have you guys seen the uh, the the ineptness of their defense as far as stats go? I looked into that. Those guys are they're allowing five hundred and thirty five yards per game, two forty three on the ground, two ninety two through the air, uh, and forty. Point nine points per game. That's just to me is mind boggling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's terrible. It's uh, I I don't I don't understand how that can happen. You know, in an SEC school, you know how how you can be that bad. Um, I mean, I guess they lost a lot of guys to the NFL and to, to graduation on the defensive side of the ball. But my goodness. Yeah, it, it's it, the only the only one of those I, that I mentioned that uh, uh, LA, uh, excuse me, uh, Ole Miss is not on the bottom for, and that's uh, passing yards per game. And 
LSU gives up more passing yards than Ole Miss. They are yeah, it, they are last a, in the SEC. So everything else and that I mentioned, they are last and last by a good margin. Uh, yeah. If you know what I mean, I mean the next yeah. the next one up is is, uh, is a good ways away from them uh, as far as the number of yards they've given up. And hey, and hey. as you mentioned, you, you know, to Corey, to me, you know, Ole Miss reminds me of that, uh, you know, that uh, uh, the old whack, you know, where they're airing it out and going back and forth. There was no defense there, and a lot of times, you know, that offense uh, that that. Kiffin, it puts up the points, but you know it also lends itself to bad defense on your team. Yeah, it does. It does, and it, it's 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 weird how that works out. But it it yeah, I mean it it just kills you, you know, and it kills any sort of momentum that you might have. It kills, you know, just just a lot of stuff that happens uh, with airing it out, and I don't know, it just kind of kills your run defense. I think too just throwing it so much yeah so, I, I you know I, I, it's just it, it just is ironic that that it's that way I you know I really don't understand why uh, is it you're not giving your defense enough time to rest because you're scoring so quickly I I don't know why it is but it just for some reason lends itself to that and in a lot of ways you know that's what this whole miss team reminds me of is an old white team where they're just airing it out baby and oh, yeah. going up and down the field, and it's uh, old school playing Fresno no, State. That's right, playing no defense. <laughs> just, it's like one of those, uh, it's like one of those featherweight boxing matches uh, that, like, the first or second undercard you see. It's just two, like, hundred and twenty pound Hispanic guys just wailing on each other. Um, no defense whatsoever. Those those fights are always fun to watch because you know it's all action. You know, just wailing on each other, and and, and that's what I feel like. It's like watching Ole Miss, two featherweight boxers just destroying each other. So, um, but yeah, they got to figure out something uh, because I mean, hell, I'll, I'll, if they want to, if they want to save some money, they can hire me for a third of probably what they're paying Durkin, and and I can <laughs> I can come in and give up five hundred yards a game and forty forty one points a game. I I can do that. Shit. Well, you know, and one thing, and now at this bowl season because of. You know, you're going to see bowl teams yeah, going to bowl team go bowl games with no, you ain't going not to very any. good records. This team's attractive. If I'm a if I'm a bowl, you know, a representative, this team's attractive to me to have to come in and if play. If there are bowls, yeah, yeah. If there are bowls, that's true. But I mean, they're attractive because man, they are dynamite on offense and going to put up numbers. Are great for. TV ratings because everybody wants to see people running up and down the field, so they're they're attractive to a to a bowl rep. Well, you know what else is attractive? Um, listening to uh, all of our shows that's that's also attractive. Um, but uh, that's that's going to about do it for us uh, today, Craig. Um, still a lot to talk about, um, but uh, there's always a lot to talk about in the world of coaching, especially when you cover the area uh, that we cover. So. Um, Again, just want to thank you for listening. Uh, we are on the Believe Podcast Network. You can find all of us on on Twitter at our respective accounts. You can find me at Coach Burton thirty six at Believe in Dogs. Um, you can find me on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast as well. Um, and then obviously uh, right here, you can find Craig at D Craig Lad D Craig Lad. And um, 
I think he I think he meant the D to be the the Craig Lad, but D Craig Lad. D, D, so, yeah. D for defense if yeah. if Lane's listening. Yeah. So, so Lane, you can hire Craig. It's That's all good. Right. Uh and, and Kurt Page, you can find him at at uh, at um Kurt Page on uh on Twitter and at sore athletic training. That's probably, that's probably the account he manages the most. So you can find that as well. That's uh, currently our uh, unofficial official sponsor um, of the show. So I'd like to like to thank that as well. Um, you want to talk about a potential gold mine. Uh, there you go. So um, for Craig, for Kurt, I'm Corey Burton. This has been uh, episode three of coaching chatter. We wish you a great weekend. Enjoy the full slate of college football and NFL football. Uh, especially while you can make sure everybody stays safe in everything that you do and uh, take care of yourself and have a good one. We out. And cut. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.